is Midnight Alchemy with your alchemists, Jason Allen and Holly Jordan. Alright, we are here with uh, with Jay Cobb down in California, California, and we got uh, we got some interesting stuff to talk about. We got a ghost story, Bigfoot yeah. story, all sorts of shenanigans are going to be going on here. Jay, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fine. I love shenanigans. That's right. This is a shenanigan zone. Yes. yes. Okay. Well. Absolutely. Uh, Jay, what what do we got to talk about today? Well, uh, Holly mentioned that she was looking for ghost stories, and uh, I have a ghost story uh, that that was actually confirmed by somebody else at a later date. Uh, So I was going to share this with you all. Um, I am uh, pretty pragmatic. uh, You know, you got to show me for me to believe uh, type of guy. I'll vouch and for that. I had always wondered what, how I would react, uh, you know, if uh, something paranormal happened to me that I couldn't explain, and how I would react. Uh, and uh, so, um, so yeah, this is kind of the very first time that uh, I had a an occasion to dabble with the paranormal and things that I can't explain. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting that you guys might want to hear about it. Great. The hey, world so. of woo-woo. We love it. The yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> Jay, welcome. welcome to the woo-woo. Welcome, Jay. We are so happy to have you here. I'm at the right place. Yes, you are. Okay, good. Now, Jay, you were talking about uh, how you're kind of like a, uh, I, I must see it and experience to believe it, right. you know. And that's not, you know, that's good. I keep actually, an open, open mind. I, I don't say no, that, you know, the, I don't work with the extremes or uh, absolutes. Uh, yeah. You know, I just go, hey, well, you know, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but if it happens to me and I can process it and I can think about it and I can mull it over. And if yeah. I can't come, well, then, you know, when you start ruling out all the explanations and what you're left with is... Yeah. You know, right. you can't Right. Jay, that is way too pragmatic uh, here. Um, we're going to need you to change your level of pragmatism. <laughs> anyway. oh, okay. uh, no, um, so uh, tell us first. I, I, I'm a sucker for a good ghost story. I love it. Okay. Uh, set us up for it. Tell us uh, the what, where, when, why. And Okay, so this is uh, back in the early 80s. Um, yeah, I'm dating myself here. Uh, I was a security guard uh, for El Paseo de Saratoga Shopping Center. And uh, El Paseo de Saratoga Shopping Center is uh, what I call an open-air mall. Um, it's not enclosed like a, uh, you know, like a normal wall, a mall with, you know, roofs and stuff like that. Um, they had a series of different buildings, and I believe uh, I sent you all a map so you guys can have a visual representation. But there's seven large buildings grouped together, and then in the middle of this group of uh, buildings that made up the shopping mall was a uh, fountain, you know, concrete fountain area. And uh, in the middle of the fountain, there was it's not represented on the map, 
but there was a bridge, uh, a walkway uh, that bifurcated the fountain. So you could walk, uh, you know, over the fountain to the other side. Uh, and it was kind of a zigzag, uh, maybe lightning bolt shaped uh, uh, walkway, uh, you know, handrails all around it and that sort of thing. So kids don't fall in and, you know, drown. So people um, like me, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Drunks don't fall in, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's uh, the main building had a big movie theater in it. Um, there was a, uh, a section there that had a nightclub, which will come into play a little bit later. Uh, it was an 18 and over nightclub. So you could get in and dance if you were 18. Uh, but they did serve beer and wine if you were 21. Um, so it was, uh, you know, like a mingling place. There was a... Uh, uh, grocery store on the on the far end, and then of course all the other sundry uh, knickknack shops, uh, you know, for the rest of the buildings. And it was a two-story uh, uh, a mall, um, so there was a lower level and an upper level. And uh, in the fountain, the fountain area was the lower level, um, and then in between the buildings there was a series of. Uh, ramps and stairs that took you down to the lower levels and into the fountain area in the middle so that's kind of the the setup of the shopping mall uh and so um you know because we couldn't lock up the joint uh like a regular mall where you lock the outer doors and nobody can come in uh all these buildings were you know exposed 360 for anybody to walk up at any time so it was important for us as the security staff to make rounds and ensure that, uh, you know, all the uh, shops doors were locked and there hadn't been any tampering and, you know, chase away vagrants and, you know, ill will people and that sort of thing. Um, and so uh, that's, you know, kind of what I was doing when this incident occurred. Okay. Um, so um, you want me just to jump right into it or well, sure. let's go? I want to know, uh, was it? Day at time of day, and where is the shopping center? Well, it's uh, El Paseo de Saratoga, so I'm, I'm assuming it's uh, in Saratoga. It's kind of on the border of Cupertino and Saratoga, California. So Northern um, California. Northern California, yeah. yes. Uh, San Jose, uh, Campbell area, Saratoga, uh, Cupertino. Right. Um, and uh, it was a big uh, hangout for the high school kids. Uh, from the local high schools uh, on the weekends, you know, they would cruise there with their hot rods and it was a big uh, cruising, you know, do run circles around the mall. Um, this this uh, particular incident happened in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, it was uh, winter time. It was cold. Uh, I remember it was cold because I had my toughy jacket on. I'm a big, you know, six foot, uh, 250 pound guy at the time and, uh, you know, football player and, you know, lots of muscle and I, you know, didn't really get cold, but I remember uh, I had to have my toughy jacket, which is like a, you know, the police jacket with the fuzzy collars. Nice. Um, and uh, so it must have been January, February, something like that. And uh, I was, uh, like I say, wee hours of the morning, maybe, you know, one, two, three o'clock in the morning. Uh, absolutely nobody should have been around. Um, and, uh, I was uh, making my rounds, shaking doors, uh, and I was on the upper level. If you look at the map, you'll see uh, Building 5 uh, up there. Okay. And uh, 
on the left side of that building, uh, you'll see, you know, several shops or whatever that face the fountain. So this incident happened when I was on the upper level walking across uh, from the from the left to the right there, walking across, shaking doors. And I happened to look down at the fountain. And when I did, there was a, a young lady there uh, that was uh, leaning against the railing of, of the fountain uh, right at the entrance to the walkway that goes across the fountain. And uh, she had her elbows leaning on the top of the handrail. And she had one foot that was kind of propped up on the bars, you know, uh, for the uprights uh, for okay. the handrail. And uh, she was completely inappropriately dressed. Now, <laughs> Elaborate, now, please. Yes. Uh, like I said, it, it was cold. It was winter. Uh, and she was wearing, think, uh, Saturday Night Fever. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking a very thin nylon dance dress, spaghetti okay. strap type thing. Okay. Uh, you know, that the... Uh, very late 70s early 80s uh, oh yeah i know the type holly i know you know what i'm talking about yes here. i do <laughs> and, and she had uh she had the kind of platform shoes that were popular back then oh sure uh with the with the cork heels or whatever right right you know what i'm talking about yes, they look kind of like sandals on top uh, yes they like high heel exactly heel sandals or whatever okay uh, but completely relaxed looking out over the pond Okay. Uh, and I thought, and I, my first thought to myself was, my God, she must be freezing her butt off. Uh, sure. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, and especially, you know, when you're down by water, you know, it's cold. It, it oh, makes yeah. the atmosphere even colder. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I thought, well, I'm going to go down there. And because we had the nightclub, you know, uh, there, I thought, well, maybe she's, you know, just hanging around waiting for a ride from the nightclub. Uh, and, uh, so I'll, I'll come, you know, walk down and ask her if she needs any help. And, uh, so I've got a laser focus on this gal as I'm walking across this upper walkway for the, uh, for the building. Okay. And every, I don't know, 10 feet or so, there's these big concrete columns. Okay. And these uh, columns go from the very bottom to the, to the roof. So they hold up the walkway, they hold up the roof, uh, and they're about, uh, I don't know, two feet in diameter, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, they're real big. Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. They're kind mm -hmm. of star-shaped. They're not yeah. round, but they're kind of star-shaped, uh, you know, uh, concrete pillars. And as I'm walking across and I'm staring at her, I'm staring at her, I get almost to the very end to where I turn the corner to go toward the stairs and go down to where she is. As my vision is blocked by that column, when I came out on the other side of the column, she was gone. Oh, man. No, no, completely for, for listeners, I want to just kind of bring this visual in a little bit. If you've ever looked at a coliseum in a movie, think of a small version of that. There's these uh -huh. big Roman-looking columns. Yeah. And... The structure itself kind of had a little bit of a Spanish vibe to it, if I remember right. Exactly. I think there was tile, tile roof. Roofs. The, yeah, terracotta roofs. And yeah, and so this this area, there would be no way for fog or something else to have masked this. And just from a sound perspective, had she walked away, 
he would have heard it. Oh, yeah. Well, there was no, from my upper advantage point, there was only five exits. And if you look at right. your map, in between each of those buildings uh, are would have been uh, stairways. And so right. it would have been an uphill. She would have had to run up those stairs or she would have had to run across the bridge and across right. the fountain. And you would have had plenty of time to see her do that. And I could see in every direction that she could have possibly right. gone. And the and the she was there for one second, and then as soon as my vision was blocked, when I came out on the other side of the column, she was gone instantly. That's incredible. And yeah. I'm looking around, and there's no possible. I don't care if she's Jackie Joyner Kersey. Right, <laughs> right. Could, she could not have gone from a completely relaxed position with her elbows on the rails and her foot up on the rail uh, and gone in any direction whatsoever right. uh, without me seeing it first of all number two she couldn't have done it in those cork shoes and exactly. uh, like you said uh, that was like an echo chamber uh, absolutely uh, because of all the buildings and because yeah. of the low grade right um, and uh, the only thing that you could hear was the was the fountain and uh, so yeah you know she would have click 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 like you know, horseshoes across oh, yeah. the concrete if she had tried to run anywhere. Of yeah. course. Um, and I stood there and started to process what just happened. And I could not come up with any. And she looked as human as anybody I'd ever seen. I mean, it wasn't no apparition. It wasn't, uh, you know, anything. So, from uh, up. It wasn't vapory. It was right. as solid and as colorful as okay. anybody standing there, in, you know, in, in real life. Incredible. I'll just say that in real life. Uh, but uh, within a millisecond of me losing my vision at that particular point, she was absolutely gone. Wow. And it freaked me out. I could not figure out how that happened or what happened. Yeah. Now, fast forward, maybe two to three months, I saw her again. Really? Exact same thing in oh, the wow. exact same place. And guess where I was? I was on the upper tier and in the same place. Wow. So now I thought, aha, I got her now. Right. And so I started uh, hot putting it. To, right. You know, to get downstairs. And I got to the exact same point, lost my vision through that pillar again, and she disappeared again. Wow. And I was like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> uh, but it seems yeah. to me that uh, for some reason, when I get to this one point, you know, the veil is lifted or whatever, and right. I can't see her anymore. Crazy. So I made a vow to myself that, okay, now I know that if I go over to that point and I try to go down to her, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna lose her. Next time I see her, I says, I'm going to challenge her verbally from up on top of the counter, uh, okay. uh, up on top of the walkway. I'm going to stop, and I'm going to challenge her, and I'm going to say, hey, and get her to turn around and look at me if I Wouldn't could. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, so I, I had a plan problem with my plan is is that i never saw her again oh wow mm. and now you mentioned uh, that you got confirmation of the story yes now this goes into part two so okay we'll fast forward a little bit further and i got uh, promoted to be the uh, site supervisor for el paseo de saratoga and uh, because of that they put me on the swing ship okay from uh, three to eleven so i didn't have that late uh, right. evening early morning shift anymore but sure. my friend kenny uh, who I got the job, uh, he took my job uh, on the night shift. And uh, he came to me one day in my office 
and he says, you got to get me off the, off the owl ship. You got to get me off the grave ship. And I said, I can't do that, Kenny. I says, I, I don't have the personnel. And he says, no, he says, you have to. And I says, no, well, no, I don't have to. I says, you've got to give me a reason. He says, I can't tell you. And I said, Kenny, we've been friends forever. I said, you're like a brother to me. What do you mean you can't tell me? Right. Because I can't tell you because you're going to think I'm crazy. Uh-oh. And I said, Kenny, I know you're not crazy. Just tell me what's bothering you. He says, I can't. And we went back and forth like this for probably a good 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Right. And I said, look, I says, uh, and if you look at your little map there, Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, building seven, right at the bottom of the number seven on the map, there's a little broom closet looking little square. Right. Well, that was the officer's uh, report writing room. It was just big enough for a desk and two chairs. Right. Uh, and that's where the officers would go to write their reports. So I took him into, into that report writing room and sat him down and I says, look, it's just you. It's just me. Tell me what's bothering you right why give me a reason why i gotta go to the office and get a replacement for you i gotta have a reason and he started to relay the exact same story that i just relayed to you and all i did was smile and i just sat there and smiled and i just said tell me what she was wearing tell me what she was just standing tell me what her position was well where were you what were you doing and i started going through all the stuff and he laid out everything exactly wow. the same thing that happened to me, the color of the dress, the type of dress or shoes wow. or clothes or color, everything, where she was standing, how she oh, was wow. positioned, where he was when he lost sight of her and she disappeared and it scared the living daylights out of him. Well, and I, sure. said, I said, don't worry about it. I've seen her too. And I've seen her twice. And so you're not crazy because uh, it's happened to me twice. So wow. that's uh, that's my little ghost story. Well, that's that's a really good little ghost story. I it love is. that. I, yeah, I, I, I got me some questions. I'm here for you, bud. <laughs> Lay it on me. Uh, is this the first paranormal uh, event that you had ever experienced? First uh, ghost story, yes. Paranormal, no. Um, the first paranormal experience I had, I was probably four or five years old uh we had a fruitless mulberry tree in the backyard and uh being the precocious uh only child that i was growing up uh one of my favorite things i was a latchkey kid you know both of my parents worked and so i had a house key and have to come home from school and i had several hours to myself to be a mischief maker and uh, uh one of my favorite things was to climb that old tree in the backyard and I was uh, pretty high up in the tree one day, and it was kind of a windy day, and I was standing on a limb, and I had my hand, uh, my left hand was against the bark, but I wasn't really holding on to anything. I was just standing on a limb and using my left hand for balance, uh, you know, uh, against the trunk of the tree, and uh, a gust of wind came up, and it shook that branch, and I fell. Now, when I say I fell, I mean I fell forward and fell forward enough to where I was looking at the ground. Uh, How and, high uh, were you? Huh? How high were you? Well, uh, perception being that it was uh, when I was five years old, it felt like you know <laughs> forty or fifty feet. <laughs> sure. But uh, but I'm betting I'm betting that it was at least twenty. Ooh. Oh wow! Uh, and uh, I was looking at the ground and heading for it fast, and something grabbed me by the back of my collar and jerked me back up onto that limb. 
And uh, I grabbed that trunk with both hands and scurried down that tree, and I never went up it again. But uh, wow, I had literally uh, the hand of my go- uh, you know, guardian angel or yeah. the hand of God or something yeah. snatched me back onto that branch because I That's was amazing. going and falling, and I was looking at the ground coming at me fast. I bet. Well, that yeah. had to be scary. Yes, and but uh, I, I literally felt the hand grab the back of my shirt and jerk awesome. me back to Jerk me back up onto that uh, branch. Sounds to me like you have a guardian angel, my friend. I did back then. I, I probably wore him out or her, and uh, <laughs> I'm not so sure anymore. But back then I did, yeah. Uh, don't feel bad. My guardian angel won't talk to me. Yeah, I think yeah. I, my, I think mine's in therapy. Uh, <laughs> you guys. But, uh, yeah, no, that was my, that was my first paranormal uh, that I, I just yeah. – I have no explanation for, but uh, yeah. yeah, I was I was heading face first for the ground. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. But this was my first ghost story that uh, you know that I just I ran through all the things that could have happened, and I can't figure it out. It happened to me twice, and it happened to one of my buddies, and I never said nothing to nobody uh, after mm-hmm. it happened to me because I was still trying to figure it out myself. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing about the paranormal that we keep finding is a couple of things keep keep coming around one is um most people have something about their event that's undeniable to them there's some facet of it that they've sorted in their mind and they're they're not asleep they're not dreaming this is real there's too many things about it that check the real box and the second thing is people have all been for the most part very reluctant to share the stories but yet even so, uh, the people that are sharing with us, which we're very fortunate to have you and everyone else that's talked to us so far, yeah. um, they want to share the story because it's been hanging with them their whole lives. And it's like, I know I wasn't seeing things. I know I'm not making it up and no, I'm not crazy. Yeah. And so that's part of the reason why we're doing this podcast is, you know, Jason's had his experiences and I've had mine sure. and we want people to feel like there's a safe place to share those stories that no, you weren't crazy. No, you weren't seeing things. And yeah, that was real. Right. Yeah. What it was, we don't know, but let's talk about it. And so I'm really glad you shared that because yeah, there's plenty of, plenty of situations where things pop up and the fact that you got to twice and then amazing that a coworker saw the same thing. That's, that's a double bonus in my book. Right. Yeah, that's what that's what uh, kind of struck me was, was the confirmation that happened to somebody else and somebody right. that I knew, uh, you know, and knew their character. Um, Absolutely. So knew that he wasn't making anything up and he didn't know that I knew. Um, that's perfect. I love and, that. Right. And I never. What are the said, chances of that? Right. And I never said anything while I was interrogating him. I was just asking him to repeat, you know, yeah. stuff that I already knew. Right. And, uh, you know, and a little bit of a follow up is after the first time I went to uh, the name of the nightclub, I believe, if you remember with me here, was it Essex Junction? Was that that the name sounds of the... right. That I think that right. Essex Junction was the name of the nightclub. I think so. And, uh, I had after the first uh, occurrence, I had gone to the manager of Essex Junction and uh, asked him if, uh, you know, he described her. And I said, you know, does that ring a bell with you? And and she didn't ring a bell with him. I asked if there had been any of his clients that he knew about that may have been murdered or yeah. missing persons 
or uh, you know anything like that. Good uh, I had kind of done a little bit of of, of you know sleuth work uh, trying to figure out uh, why this girl was hanging around at the, this particular fountain. Um, I had gone into the office uh, and talked with the girls at the at the office for El Paseo de Saratoga. And I had asked them, I says, uh, you know, can you guys recall of any incident uh, where, you know, a girl may have been attacked uh, down by the fountain or anything like that? Uh, and uh, I came up with uh, a big nothing, big wow. zero burger uh, for everybody that I had talked to trying to figure out, well, why, if there was a ghost, why would this ghost be hanging out at the fountain? No, that's an excellent question, because usually a ghost has to have some, some kind of tie some, there's got to be a connection some sort of, of connection. some kind yeah. well yeah so, yeah all three of the times twice with me and once with kenny uh she was seen at the exact same posture at the exact same position interesting uh, you know right at the entrance to that uh walkway wow. did you uh did you feel that it was kind of an imprint uh or do you feel that uh since she was solid that this was a manifestation of uh, of a spirit you know, I, I I don't know, but uh, she looked as solid as could be to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it, uh, you know, it's kind of like a recording to where, you know, it's just maybe it's because, you know, there's all kinds of theories about, you know, running water being, you know, paranormal and stuff. And those fountains ran 24 seven with the, you know, the sound of the fountains and they had the. Uh, they had little rivers that went from the upper end to the lower end that poured into the fountain uh, that, you know, went parallel to the walkways and things like that. So there was a lot of running water around there. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's that's somebody else's. Therapy, right. And, and honestly, it could have been something pleasant. That could have been her happiest time. And that's where she goes to stay because she wants Maybe. to stay it, there. It is, yes, because she looked completely relaxed. She looked completely at ease um it, yeah it, there was no sign of uh you know boo-hoo-hooing or weeping or anything right. like that she was just very very relaxed looking out over the fountain interesting hey uh did she uh acknowledge you at all did she look in your direction uh, no and that's why i said if i had had a third chance i was going to challenge yeah. her from upstairs to see if 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 she would acknowledge me yeah. Uh, you know, and turn around and look at me because yeah. she was facing away from me and toward the fountain. Um, so I couldn't see her face. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I said the third time I was going to try to stop and try to get her to acknowledge me. Right. Uh, and see if there, if I could interact with her. Yeah. That would be great. Pull her down into that uh, interrogation room, you know, <laughs> sit her down. Put on the bright lights, you know. All right, young lady, what are you doing at the fountain with those clogs? Well, right. hell, I would have just been where happy were to... you on? Yeah, where were you on January twelfth at eleven forty-five? Right. Night, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I would have been happy just to find out who she was and why she was there. I mean, well, you know, sure. You know, it's just sure. not something you see at three o'clock in the morning, and you well, know, no, exactly freezing right. outside, and she's wearing you know next to nothing there on a little dance dress, right? Yeah. You know, just it. it, it it was out of place. Oh, I yeah. bet. Yeah. Well, that's that's a very interesting story, Jane. We yeah. want to thank you again and again for sure. taking the time to share that with us today. And yeah. um, we're definitely going to have more ghost stories. And we encourage everybody and anybody 
It doesn't have to be fancy. We just want to hear your stories. We want to hear what you saw, heard, or felt. Right. And tell us what happened. We want to hear what, what you went through. Right. That's and why we're here. There are, yeah, there are multiple ways that you can get a hold of us. You can uh, email us at uh, midnightalchemyshow at gmail.com. You can also uh, talk to us on the, our Facebook page, right? Just leave a little note saying, hey, I got a story. Yes in a message and then we'll get back to you and uh, we'll check it out so yeah that's a man jay that is a fantastic story man that would have uh that would have creeped me out especially if when i turn the pillar and there's nothing there i i'll be honest with you i probably would have pooped my pampers (laughs) just just throwing that right out there you know we're gonna have to come up with a pamper scale for you i'm hoping what's the likelihood that you'd lose it (laughs) right well my master plan here yes i have a master plan my master plan is to get pampers to sponsor us hey there you go Uh, i hate to say it but should we go towards the adult pamper version at this point in time i don't know i'm just saying yeah we gotta we got uh, we gotta i don't think that maybe yeah i don't think it's gonna be believable if i'm running okay. around well maybe it still would depends. be cute you need a depends scale there we go a depends scale a depends scale yeah yeah believe me it how many depends how scared we are <laughs> well it depends that's right on the pamper scale i was eight on the pamper scale and <laughs> and holly to answer you no it would not be cute there would be nothing cute about that i'd probably give someone else oh man i saw you know the i i'd give someone else a paranormal story right they're like oh man i was walking along and this dude was in pampers man right anyway that reminds me of a party i went to in lake tahoe in my 20s that forever (laughs) scarred me somebody did a baby huey thing and there were five different adult men there in various forms of pampers Mm. And not much else. And mm. it, it was, yeah, I could have done without seeing that. That's right. <laughs> Start for life. Right. Yeah, it was a Halloween party and it was, there were some really cool outfits, but yeah, yeah the, the baby Hueys were just too much. They were too much. That's right. Hey, and if yeah. you want to contact uh, Holly's therapist, you can call them. <laughs> uh, so I hear there's a Bigfoot story. Yeah, yes. you know, I won't say it's a Bigfoot story. In that I claim to have seen a Bigfoot. I didn't see a Bigfoot. Okay. However, what happened, I have no explanation for other than a Bigfoot. Uh, and so I leave it to you. You tell me if maybe I'm missing something. Okay, so, so set the scene up. Okay, so, so I'm setting the scene is, is that uh, this happened probably about 20 years ago. I was uh, in my 40s and I was contemplating retirement and where I'm going to retire out of state. And I had decided that I was going to retire to the the, the great uh, Northwest, uh, either Oregon or Washington. And uh, so I had some time to kill. And uh, my girlfriend at the time had uh, pissed me off and I needed to, to get out and clear my head. So yeah. I threw a, a change of clothes in my car and I headed up uh, I-5 uh, north uh, for my days off from work and uh and uh, i was going to go up there and and just kind of uh do a little recon into different areas in oregon uh to uh see you know little towns or whatever that i might like to buy a house and re- you know where i'd like to retire yeah so it was a completely you know free flow type thing 
Uh, my dad had a uh, fella that I had contacted with uh, who knew him from when he served in the Navy in Korea, who was living in Sutherland, uh, Oregon at the time. And uh, I had some old uh, videotapes of my dad uh, during the Navy on his aircraft carrier. And uh, I had had them put onto a uh, CD. Or I take that back. I think I had them put onto videotape. Uh, VHS uh, videotape from the original eight millimeters and oh, nice. I was going to bring him a copy uh, you know and uh, you know kind of nostalgia type thing and uh, so uh, I met with him and we had coffee I gave him his uh, little videotape and then from there I just started heading out asked him well, well you know where would be a nice place to retire and he wasn't a whole lot of help he said well just you know drive around until you find some place you like you know type <laughs> thing you know not well Okay. As good a plan as any, I guess. And so I started driving around. And uh, so I was driving from, I believe the town is Oak, Oak Ridge, Oregon, to Bend. Okay. And there's a small mountain highway that connects the two. Okay. And uh, so I was driving uh, from o Oak Ridge to Bend. And uh, middle of the week. Uh, like a Tuesday, Wednesday, no traffic, uh, you know, maybe a car every, I don't know, 10 miles or so, you know, would pass me coming the other direction. Uh, it's one of these little mountain roads where to the right is a drop off that goes down, I don't know how many hundreds of feet. And oh, then yeah. on the left side of the road, uh, you know, heading east is a very steep bankment that goes up almost like 45 degrees, right? And then, um, you know, heavily forested, of course, you can't see sure. maybe, you know, five to 10 feet into the forest uh, because the, 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 the forest is so thick. Right. And, uh, you know, there's there's not a lot of places to pull out on the road. You know, there's right. no little turnouts and things like that. Uh, it, it's very scarce. And I'm about halfway, but, you know, to Bend. And I'm on a little straightaway that's probably... Uh, two or three hundred yards long of a straightaway, and I see this motorhome coming around the bend, uh, you know, coming towards me, and I'm, you know, heading towards it, and I see this, like, 12-foot aluminum beam come flying out of the forest to my left, arced like somebody threw a javelin, yeah, and it hit the top of that motorhome dead square, perpendicular straight up and down right onto the roof of that motorhome and bounced off into the road. Mm. And I thought, what in the hell was that? And, and you said it was, I want to clarify really quick, Dave, let me interrupt you for just a half second. Yeah. A beam? like It was a beam. Uh, it was a aluminum channel beam. Okay. And what okay. I'm talking about is, is it's about four inches wide and maybe okay. three inches tall. And it's okay. in the shape of a U except it's about 10, 12 feet long. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and uh, it hit straight up and down right in the middle. It was a perfect shot. Weird. It couldn't have been any more perfect because this, this motorhome's going down the road and this thing landed directly on top of the motorhome straight up and down like a telephone pole, hit the top and then bounced off. And, and, you know, tinkled into the road. And the motorhome stopped, paused. They never got out of the motorhome. And then they just kept going. 
and they passed me and, and kept going. Well, I pulled up and I I can't go because this beam is laying in the in the in the middle of the road. Right. So I had to get out of the car and get the, the beam out of the road. So I walked over and, and picked this thing up. And like I said, it's about 10 or 12 feet long. And it's four inches wide and three inches tall on, on both sides. And it weighed probably about 45, 50 pounds. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to grab it. Like I said, I'm a big guy. I used to, you know, uh, be a Highlands game, uh, you know, competitor and, you know, flip telephone poles, uh, you know, the caber toss and stuff like that. And I've got my hands around this thing and I'm trying to figure out if I could throw this thing like a javelin. That's my first thought is even yeah. now I know the type of roadway that you're discussing. And for anybody that's never been to the Pacific Northwest, try to imagine a highway and the levels like what Jay was describing that are vastly different. So even with the advantage of height, throwing down, having the strength to toss something, you would have to have enormous strength to get it that far across the road. Oh my god. Exactly. That's and not a small, thing. it's not 10 feet. It's several feet. It's like 30 feet across. And then from wherever they were. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking a huge yeah. throw with a 40 well, to 50 pound object that's out of balance. It's, yeah. you know, normally if you didn't throw it hard enough, it gravity would drop right to the ground. You know, so that's uh, my, my visual as I'm thinking, whatever it was had to have enormous strength. Right. There's yes, no the way a human is, could have done it. Because you're talking about a 45 degree angle of the upper hill, right? If you're pointing, if you're pointing this and, and throwing it like a javelin up into an arc, that right? Means the tail section would be running into the ground. Correct. So how tall would you have to be to get it Correct. to the back end of that? That's thing a good point. That's a good point. Right. Just from right. a scientific standpoint, the math on that is crazy. Yeah, because you have a downward angle of 45 degrees. And if you're throwing at 45 degrees, that's a 90 degree angle. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah. how, so how tall would you have to be? Because the shorter you are, the more yeah. toward the back of that thing you're going to have to hold oh, on yeah. to. Yep. But the taller you are, the more far forward and toward the middle of the mm. beam would you where your grip would be. Right. Um, and when this thing, I should mention that when this thing came shooting out of the forest, you know how you have your your pine trees and stuff well it was about halfway between the the, the trees so it wasn't like you know down low by the trunks and okay. it wasn't up high by the by the tips but it was like mid tree was where this thing came flying out into my view mm. um and it came mm. sailing out so i'm thinking maybe it's some kids you know maybe they got uh, some super slingshot or something <laughs> that uh you know they're just mischief makers or whatever right. So after I got the beam out of the road and continued down the road, I started looking for turnouts where there would be some cars or maybe access, you know, some teenagers right. or access, sure. uh, you know, maybe a logging road or something uh, where somebody could. But this was so remote uh, that there was there was no turnouts. There was uh, I found one chained logging road, but there was no vehicles anywhere around. Uh, I went uh, for probably 10, 12 miles uh, toward Bend, uh, and I couldn't find anybody pulled over, any cars, any vehicles, any place to stop. And I thought, well, nobody's going to hike 12 miles into the forest to pull a prank. Well, uh, and yeah. So I, it, and the I thing lost is... interest in Bend, and so I started going back the other way from where I came, because I wasn't really paying attention to where you know, I came out. 
And so I went 10, 12 miles back the way I came looking for side cuts and logging roads and turnouts and cars and wow. couldn't find anything in that direction either. So that's 20 miles in either direction from where this thing happened. And I couldn't find any evidence of anybody being out there. Wow. Man. And, uh, you know, the steep, the side was so steep that yeah. uh, I couldn't climb it from the road um, and really? you know, get up into the forest level. And it was so thick that I couldn't see, but more, maybe five, 10 feet into the forest and certainly not deep enough to where I could see where this thing was launched yeah. from. Interesting. Uh, and the other thing I thought about was how the hell did this thing get thrown through that canopy and not hit anything and knock it down? Because it came Again, out with a lot force. of force. It had right. to be thrown with a lot of force. It was a huge amount of force. And like I said, I'm a big guy. I'm, you know, six foot one and, you know, 250, 300 pounds. And, and I could barely get my hand around this thing. And if I tried to throw it like a javelin, it probably would have gone about 10 feet. Right. You know, much. So I don't know how big you would have had to be to launch this thing if it was a humanoid. Right. Uh, you know, the, the, this thing, no sound. I mean, it wasn't like it was shot out of a cannon. Right. Uh, but it sure looked like it had been because, <laughs> wow. of, the, because of the arch. Yeah. Uh, and know, the other thing is, is it was a perfect shot. I mean, you, you've got a moving object coming down yeah. the road and the shot was absolutely timed perfectly to hit that dead center in the middle of the roof of that. Motor. Yeah, that's incredible. You know, Jay, I, just, I, yeah. I got no explanation, guys. Maybe you can help me. Well, <laughs> first of all, Jay, uh, what you need to do is next time you go down there, and if this happens again, you need to sign him as a quarterback uh, for the Seahawks <laughs> or something because if right. that's perfect game and stuff, oh, yeah. Uh, second of all, it is uh, pretty normal. There are a lot of stories out there, uh, as far as Bigfoot is concerned, of them throwing uh, you know, use rocks, uh, and then in this case, you know, a a, a beam, and yeah. uh, you know, I just gotta wonder if he he either a was just uh playing around, you know, and figured he was gonna mess with some cars, or maybe he was a little unhappy that there were some cars coming through there, and he just kind of let him know he was displeased. Yeah, or maybe he just didn't like the fact that there was this big aluminum U-channel in his forest and he was just tossing it out. I don't right. know. Very true. Well, yeah, that's very what I was going to say. Those areas do have some housing development in them, but not very much. So yeah. they're still very dense in a lot of areas. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes you hear about these stories when uh, humans start encroaching on their land because oh, yeah. uh, I imagine uh, Bigfoot is is somewhat territorial. This is my home, my area. You humans don't come in here, you know. Right. Uh, and that's why there, there's a lot of stories about throwing uh, objects and rocks and so forth. And uh, Jay, that is man, that is such an interesting story. Well, you know, the other thing that I found very interesting was is the people in the motorhome. They stopped. Right. Why didn't they, they get out and look out. at their place? They, they, didn't, see they something? didn't get out to look at what the hell hit them. Oh, maybe that's what scared them. Maybe they did see something did and they thought, see something we're not staying around here. Yeah. Yeah. They, they did. They did. They, they stopped, but then they just continued on. I mean, they didn't get out. They didn't look. They didn't. Yeah. What the heck was that? They didn't. Yeah. That had to be loud. Don't yeah. you think? Oh, yeah. That had to be loud. Well, Seriously. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So if it's really? so loud, then right, 
cops. They yeah. must have seen something that spooked them enough not to get out of the car. Because if you're driving down a highway and something just smacks in on the top of your uh, either vehicle or trailer or whatever, you have you. I mean, your instinct is going to be, what the heck just hit yeah, me? Yeah, exactly. And you're exactly. going to stop well, and get out and that? look around. Right. right? right. So, I, would think, I would think so. That's what I would do. I would like, what the heck was that? And I'd figure out what yeah. the hell hit me. Right. So, but uh, I do, I do get the common sense factor of something's throwing things at us. Let's not wait around and find out what it is. <laughs> right. It you know. So maybe their like a... fight or flight kicked in because it was start. Because that's too big for a hailstone. Yeah. What else could it be? A branch from a tree? If branches are falling, let's not stay here. I mean, who knows what they right. thought it was? Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know. It's, like I said, it landed in the road and it landed with a clatter. You know, ringing. You know. Or whatever, and they, you know, I'm sure that they could have seen it in their rearview mirror to see, okay, well, that's what it was. Right. Yeah. But they, they didn't assess, you know, any damage to the the vehicle or anything. They just kept wow. going. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm just I... glad it wasn't my car because it probably would have gone <laughs> through the little tin roof of my car. Right. Toyota right. And, uh, you know. Yeah. Without you know, stopping. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that uh, I'm almost tempted to think that they saw something, either a tree moving. Or something something right. because uh Maybe. your instinct is to look and so if you're getting a, getting the heck out of dodge you know right uh, something, something's up right you know? yeah well i was oh. far enough back away to where i could actually see this thing come out flying out of the forest and wow with this perfect trajectory uh yeah. and, and uh but yeah i got i got no explanation for it i did personally didn't see anything uh, yeah. i didn't hear anything i you know i understand some people have you know uh, smell I didn't smell anything, yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, I really didn't hang around either because I was, again, I went into my investigation, uh, you know, of phase course. and I started trying to figure out, well, well, who's up there and where could they have come from? And so right. that's when I was running up and down the road for, you know, 10, 20 miles in each direction, trying to figure out well, yeah. who, could, who could be up there. Right. Uh, because... Where's the access? How did yeah. they get up that hill? You know? Right, because your instinct says, you know, hey man, this is dangerous. You can't I be can't throwing it stuff. Out. Yeah, you gotta. Uh, you can't be throwing stuff out in the middle of the road. You know, if your kids or whatever, you know, I'm gonna give you an airfall. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know. So, but well, something... long story short, I never made it to Ben. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, uh... That's that's. I got no explanation for it, guys. Other than you know, hey, maybe maybe a bigfoot. I don't know. I'm leaving that into the unsolved no but that's a that's know. a fair yeah. statement yeah gotta, gotta it was something, something big, big. yeah yeah it was it, it was something that was it, like i said if it was a human uh they had to be a whole lot bigger and stronger than me right uh yeah. by by several factors right uh to be able to first grip that thing uh and heave that thing right um yeah. you know because like i said it was as heavy as a barbell you know, uh, wow. you go to a gym and you have, uh, you know, like an Olympic barbell. Those are sure. 45 pounds. Sure. Uh, and this, it was made out of aluminum, like an extruded aluminum. But uh, I bet you the weight is about, about the same as a Olympic barbell. Wow. Uh, in, in weight. Um, yeah. That's amazing. So, that is amazing, man. Yeah. Uh, man, you got some good stories, man. We need, a, <laughs> yeah. we need like to get a campfire and some s'mores. Right? I know that's what I was just thinking. This is like a campfire story, totally. <laughs> well, and I, got I, a, I a... got a quick, I got a quick one from my motorcycle club. Oh, club. okay, let's a, hear a it. Quick one, uh, we, you know, we can we can uh, sign off with. Okay. Um, out here in Tracy, uh, a little town next to us is uh, called Banta. 
Okay. And, uh, you know, it's just a little one horse town. In fact, uh, it's so much of a one horse town that the mayor was once a local donkey. And the donkey was the mayor of the town. What? Yes. Yeah. And uh, Tracy, the city of Tracy, where I live, they tried to annex the little town of Banta and roll it into the Tracy. Mm -hmm. And uh, the people of Banta said, well, yes, uh, we'll let you annex us, but you've got to take our mayor. Um, and uh, so yeah. uh, that was a no-go for the city of Tracy. They didn't <laughs> want a mule for uh, the mayor of Tracy. Um, so the deal fell through. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, out there is a little saloon, I'll call it a saloon, um, you know, a little restaurant bar, uh, called the Banta Inn. And, uh, it's not much of an inn. Uh, they do have a couple of, uh, little shanty rooms, uh, that once upon a time, uh, you know, they would rent out to travelers or whatever, little, uh, I don't know what you would call them. They're just little shanty rooms. Uh, at the back of this restaurant and bar, and it's been there for, you know, 150 years or whatever, you know, the old plank floors and the old Western saloon and brass rails and all that kind of stuff. And um, the Banta Inn has a long history of being reported to be haunted. And uh, they, all kinds of, uh, you know, experiences and tales of, of uh, you know, the ghost of the Banta Inn. Oh, cool. Okay, so, you know, we really hadn't had any, but we've heard all the stories and that sort of thing. Uh, well, my motorcycle club, we were founded uh, at the Banta Inn. That's where the genesis of our, our motorcycle club was, was formed. And uh, so we used to have that as our monthly, you know, meeting place. And it's a gravel parking lot, which is, you know, not conducive to Harleys. Uh, but there was a very small parking pad. Uh, for handicap. Uh, it was a concrete pad, and it was about 12 foot by 12 foot squared. And uh, one of our members was a, a Tracy police officer, and he had this uh, rickety old fat boy, Harley Davidson, <laughs> and uh, he had parked it on uh, this uh, parking pad, uh, which was, like I said, designated mainly for uh, handicap. So he was illegally parking in the handicap zone, if you know what I mean. Right. Uh, and, and he's a uh, cop. Yeah, he's a cop, you know, <laughs> trying to get that uh, executive privilege, I guess. I don't know. Right. Uh, and all the rest of us are parked in the gravel. And we were standing around talking uh, in the parking lot. And a uh, little huddle of, of group of guys. And I was actually facing Mike's motorcycle. And when the motorcycle is parked it's parked with the kickstand down and it's leaning to the left. Okay. Okay. So all the way to the bike is on the kickstand leaning to the left. And I watched Mike's motorcycle, nobody around it, stand up straight and then lean over and fall to the right all by itself. Yeah. Now we're talking an 850 pound Harley here. I was going to say that's not a light from left bike. to right and falling wow. over wow. so apparently the ghost didn't like him parking in the handicap stall and uh was able <laughs> to actually dump his bike over onto the side man wow. yeah I, well, I imagine with a building that that old right it's got to have a lot of history to it you know so uh is is there a favorite like when you go in there and you hear you know talk uh 
is there a, a favorite ghost that's there? I mean, like by name or is it just a lot of random sightings? No, it's usually just a lot of random poltergeist type stuff happening. Um, I don't know that I've never heard of a particular name or a person uh, that this ghost is uh, associated with or, or, or named. Uh, and if I did, I don't recall. Uh, but that was the only time that I've seen something, you know, out there at the at the Fanta Inn, where I was looking right at it. I mean, I looked, I was talking to the people, and I saw the, the bike move by itself out of the corner of my eye, and so That's I'm looking incredible. right at it, and it just slowly stood yes. straight up, and then fell over in the opposite direction all by yeah. itself. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, there's so no got, way the wind could do that. No, we're, we're talking an 800 pound Harley Davidson fat boy. No. Uh, and I was just trying to imagine I was doodling on my, I doodle when I'm listening and I was just thinking that even on a gravel type of surface, if it had been there, I could see where gravel could have shifted from the weight, but it would have wobbled, not just fallen over. Well, not only that, but it would have had to have been an incline at such to where you know right. it would have been a balancing right. act i think right. this was a perfectly level flat concrete right flat. that's the part that's even more curious is yeah. how yeah. did that happen yeah yeah no, that's incredible got no answer so anyway that's, that's but that's story. a great story it and is. that's a how did that happen you know right. yeah. yeah yeah oh jay man thank you so much for uh, these stories uh incredible and if you have any more uh, experiences, by by God, get a hold of us. And uh, absolutely, you know. or just if you have stories that other people are not comfortable sharing, you're good at sharing stories, Jay. Yeah. You should share some more. So if you have come across them, you can be one of our field reporters and get oh. some stories and bring them in. How's that? Oh, that's fine. I got no problem with that. I got another a little quickie for you. Okay. 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 So, uh, set up, uh, let's see. Um, as I said, I was an only child, uh, but, uh, I was raised with my cousin. Okay. My cousin and I were born five weeks apart. We were oh, wow. only children and, uh, we were raised every day of our life together up until, uh, we were about 13 years old and our parents, you know, got a divorce and, uh, or mine did, I actually, and, uh, my cousin moved back to Oklahoma and, uh, uh, you know, we, we kind of separated then, but we've always been very close. We were raised like brothers. Um, we may have been cousins on the books, but, uh, right. you know, we were raised as brothers. Yeah. Um, and, uh, in the year 2000, um, my cousin was tragically killed in a head on collision. Oh, uh, and, I'm uh, so I got, sorry. yeah, I happened to be home that night. I was working the night shift, uh, at, you know, at my, my job and I happened to be, uh, on my days off. And uh, my aunt uh, called me from, well, they were living in Texas at the time. Okay. Called me from Texas and said, uh, you know, Steve was, uh, you know, killed in a head-on collision. Wow. Uh, and, he, and he's gone. Wow. And uh, so that was probably about, uh, you know, 11, 12 o'clock at night. Um, and I was, you know, being the working nights, uh, I'm up all night and sleep all day. And I was laying on the couch watching TV and, and uh, about one o'clock in the morning, I see a little light uh, show up on the wall uh, right at the kitchen entrance. Uh, it was just a very small, about the size of a golf ball, but mm -hmm. a very, very intense, bright light. 
And I thought, what in the heck is that? <laughs> and uh, it slowly started to grow to about the size of a softball. Ooh. But it was very, very intense. And it was right <laughs> on the wall. It was about maybe a foot off of the floor and just about six inches to the right of the doorway uh, on the wall. And I thought, there's nothing I'd ever seen like that before. And I so I, I looked at the uh, the front window to see if, you know, maybe there was a car, you know, doing a U-turn out in front of the house or whatever. Right. And there was nothing there. There was no light that was shining through the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't find an explanation for the source of this light. And it was a very, very intense, bright light. And uh, so I got up off the couch and I went over there to look at it. And I put my hand in front of it to see if there was any light shining on my hand. Right. Uh, you know, in between my hand and the wall. Right. And there was no light on my hand. It was self-generating right there on the wall. So I felt the wall mm. and the wall, you know, it had no heat uh, yeah. and there was no light on my my hand at all. So all the light was behind my hand on the wall. So you couldn't so, determine a source causing it. There, in other words. There's no source. It's self-generating because my right. hand was covering up the light. And if I moved wow. it up and down, there's the light, but it's not shining on my hand. Yeah, would, would and, you? Uh, it was there for probably a good ten minutes. Would you? <laughs> and uh, it was, uh, uh, would you consider it an orb? I would not consider it an orb. It was very, okay. very intense, bright light. It was like okay. somebody had shined a flashlight right up against the wall, because oh. you know how, like a flashlight, you have your intense light in the in the center, and then they have what they call splash, and it right. kind of fades out onto the sides. Well, there was no splash of light. It was very, very round, intense light with no, like no borders. So I did mean, it move it at all? It fade out at the edges. Did it move at all? No, it didn't move other than okay. to grow. It went from, it went from that small golf ball size to a softball size. It, Interesting. To grow slowly. Yeah. Uh, no, mm. it didn't move up or down or sideways or anything like that. And it just stayed there for 10 minutes. And I'm just standing there and I'm trying to figure out what in the heck is this thing and why is it here? And it was there for about 10 minutes. And then it slowly went back to the golf ball size and then just completely faded out. So did you feel any cold or heat sensations? No, no, nothing at all. And and like I said, the light itself didn't have any heat. Interesting. Uh, You know, on the wall itself, I felt the wall, there was nothing there. Um, And, uh, you know coincidence that it happened the night that my cousin passed away uh you know i don't know never seen it before or since so let me Uh, ask this question Uh, it was a red light okay um no it was not red it was very very bright white just a bright light okay it was a bright Uh, white light right yeah very very intense white okay okay yeah it was not red that is that is incredible Um, yeah yeah if you had to guess Sorry, Jay. No. no. Um, If you had to guess, would you guess that it might have been your cousin coming to say goodbye to you? I would like to think that. Uh, I would like to think that. uh, I don't know. You know, uh, I've never had any experience like that uh, before um, or heard of anybody having an experience like that before. I've not heard of anybody like that maybe you all have i haven't i got an interesting uh, interesting story a friend of mine his mother had passed away and uh it was in the morning and so that night he's uh home 
and uh, he enters her room, uh, and there is a, a a red light, and it's blinking, and it's coming from like the closet. So he figures, okay, something on or whatever, and so he goes in there, and there uh, there is nothing there except for the red blinking light. It's not. There's no machine to it. That's not a flashlight. It's not that. And he calls me on the phone. He says, "Dude, dude, dude." You know, uh, totally freaked out. You know, sure. uh, uh, there's this red blinking light, and there's no source to it. It's just there, and it just keeps blinking. And uh, I, you know, me, uh, the way my mind goes, I'm like, I, I wonder if it's your mom. You know, is she saying yeah. goodbye? Is she is she letting you know that she's okay? That she's here. Right. Uh, uh, it, it just amazing. Uh, so yeah, there there are. I've heard of other. Uh, well, good because I had more. Uh, and uh, yes, I would like to believe that that was Steve checking in, saying, uh, "Hey, man, I'm I'm moving on," uh, and just you know saying goodbye. Uh, I wish it was something a little bit more definitive. Um, you know, right. I've heard stories of uh, you know visitations and things like that, but. Uh, Sure. I wish it was something a little bit more definitive that I could say yes, exactly. But uh, yeah, because it happened that night, uh, because it happened, uh, you know, shortly after I was notified by my aunt. Just uh, the timing of it all. Yes, the, the timing of it all and the uh, the high strangeness of it all. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've never had anything before or since. Uh, and I have absolutely no explanation for where that light came from or where it went. Uh, and uh, it was it just amazed me. Yeah, but uh, well, it sounds like in both of these stories that you in all of these stories that you've shared, you expressed a lot of due diligence to right. find explanations for what you discovered. So I appreciate that you took the time to really go the extra mile and oh. and try to do your own debunking because in a moment it is so easy to get so caught up. Yeah. in what you're feeling and yeah. sensing that it's not always easy to step outside of that response mode and go wait a minute what's happening sure a you know it's real it's really over. easy yeah. to get caught up in a moment and just see yeah. and feel and hear what's happening so it's it's pretty awesome that you were able through time especially the the first story you shared it's amazing that you got to be in the location repeatedly and get to sort it out in your mind what transpired and how is that possible or not possible. And I think that's great. I think that lends a lot of credibility to your first story, especially, um, mm -hmm. and just the follow-up on, on all of them and getting to pick up the thing that was thrown. What yeah. are the odds of that? I mean, good Lord. Well, I had to, it was in the middle of the road. I right. wasn't it's like, there until well, I got okay, rid of it. Can't deny. <laughs> I wasn't seeing things. Well, and I, I totally appreciate that it was silver because in construction, I've done construction plenty in my life. And it's like, in a forest, that stands out like a sore thumb. There, it's such a different, it's a, such a contrast to the woods. Of course, you're going to see that, you know, good Lord, that's crazy. But yeah, I mean, I wish for your sake that you had gotten more confirmation of what the light was. But if I had to guess, I would guess that, yes, it probably was your cousin, mostly because you guys were so close. Yeah. And it's common when people pass that they go visit several family members and just say, I want you to know I'm okay. Right. 
yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, if I had to guess, that's what I would guess. And and that's awesome. That's that wonderful. Right. Uh, that's wonderful. You know, I just I, uh, wish it was a little bit more definitive. Sure. Right. But I I understand why it's not uh, because I think if there was more like a standing there in front of you or any other person. Yeah, that would have been a depends moment if he just showed up. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that so would I, be a, a four depend moment right there. Right. Pamper so, moment happens. Pamper moment yeah. number four. Yeah. <laughs> Pampers level number eight. Yeah. Uh, We're going to have to have a pamper scale. I'm just saying. We yeah, need it. Scale, right? We yeah. need a pamper scale. There's a Richter yeah. scale and there's a pamper scale. Yeah, I would well, I appreciate yeah. it afterward, but during it would have definitely been a pamper moment. Uh, well, and right. maybe that's why there wasn't more shown to you. Maybe, right. maybe they didn't want to freak me out. But uh, well, and I I have a a story that was shared with me the other day, and a very dear lady who is not comfortable coming on the radio program, but said I could share it. Her son died when he was twenty one years old. Oh, and the night he died, she was just beside herself and trying to get some sleep and she heard his voice mom mom and you know kids do that mom mom <laughs> you know and she looked up and thought and there he was and he looked physically real and she had just been to the funeral home she had just you know been at the hospital la 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 and it was like what you know so she's kind of ooh, shaking her head going this is not real and he said, it's okay, mom. I just want you to know I'm okay. Everything's okay. And so she's, you know, his dad had passed when he was younger. So this his stepdad, she's trying to wake him up. And she said she couldn't touch him. She kept trying to touch him and her hand wouldn't move. And that kind of scared her, you know? Yeah. And she just kind of laid back and he said, it's okay. And then he, just as quickly as he had appeared, he disappeared. And she said, so I wasn't sleeping after that. That was it for me. Yeah, <laughs> she, I did. she got up and went outside and sat on her porch. And she said, I just had to be in the fresh air and think about what it was that I saw. And she said, he was real as yeah. he was days before. She said, there's no doubt in my mind that he came to see me. And she said, it took my breath away, but I needed to hear it and I needed to see it. And it was it was startling that I couldn't move, but I knew that that was what he wanted. He wanted to just talk to me and tell me I'm okay. Because yeah. as, as I've heard many times, uh, when you lose a child, that's the most unnatural thing. You're not supposed to ever outlive your kids. Mm. That's a very jarring thing at all. Uh, right. For anybody um, now uh there there is a fairly common amount uh of when experiences like that not being able to move they they call it sleep paralysis even though yeah. you're not asleep yeah uh, it, it is a phenomenon yes uh so yes, that it jibes is. you know with uh really uh other experiences you know va valid experiences. oh yeah oh yeah and uh I, you know i'm surprised she did not go in cardiac arrest yeah know, and see, honestly i mean you know after he had, you know he'd been through i don't remember what he died from he had some very severe health issues clearly to die at 21 years of age yeah. but she said that you know she got up right away and went outside and sat outside in the fresh air and just she said it took me a few hours to replay that over and over in my mind 
and go, yeah, that happened. Okay. That really did happen. I really did see my son. Wow. I mean, it, it just, mm. it was amazing to her. And she said, I said, have you never told anybody? And she said, heck no, they take me away to the funny farm. I'm not telling anybody <laughs> the story. Right. And so some other time I will share the other story she told me because they're awesome as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm grateful that that's possible. Right. I think yeah. that's amazing. When when you can get confirmation from the beyond that somebody's okay. Yay. That's awesome. Right. Absolutely. Do you guys ever get any stories about uh, ghost pets? Ooh, yes. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've got one of those for another time as well. Okay, good. Excellent. And we will have to have you back. So oh, I challenge yeah. you, Jay, to do some investigating in Tracy and start passing the word out that we have this really cool podcast in the Pacific Northwest and we want to hear more stories. I got it. I got it. You are our Southern Oregon correspondent. Okay. I'm, I'm, right, I'm writing that in the books right now. It's a law, a midnight alchemy law. Bam. Your uh, southern. Well, you guys do look kind of related, anyhow. So he could be yeah. your distant brother easily. <laughs> oh no no no! We'll sell it as he's my doppelganger. Or okay. His there doppelganger. Go. Okay. There, there you we go. go. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I oh I have a terrific doppelganger story as well. You just reminded oh, me. Oh Jay. I you have a doppelganger, and this goes back to high school, Holly. Uh oh. This goes back to high school. I have a doppelganger. Oh, my God. Really? Yep. So yeah. for those of you that don't know, Jason knows this. Jay and I went to high school together many moons ago. Long time ago. hundred years ago. Oh, it was only seven years ago. Oh, 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 I love you. That is so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Not Everybody's oh, 17 my. tonight. I'm just putting that in. Yeah. Oh, that, you know, you're going to get... A mucho donuts from here. I'm telling oh, you. I, I, if, if fat man says yes. Yes, I know. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I've got a, I've got a doppelganger, a story that'll just knock your socks off. Yeah. I mean, okay. it, it, uh, it goes way, way beyond uh, circumstances. Um, okay, it, it's amazing. Excellent. Yeah. But we'll save that for another time. That sounds All right. good. All right, Jay. Man. Well, thanks for having me. I enjoyed yes. it. I'm so glad you made it. That's so awesome. Yeah, thank you, man. Uh, just great stories. Uh, and you deliver them great, man. You are made for well, podcasting or TV, my friend. Well, you know, that may be the Irish in me, you know, that, that, that <laughs> likes to tell stories, I suppose. It is. It's I totally know. an Irish thing. I get that. Yeah, well, you know, St. Patrick's Day is coming up and, uh, you know, uh, so I guess that's appropriate. Well, and you'll have to stay tuned because... I've been doing some St. Patrick's Day research Ooh. and I have some stuff to lay out that Jason hasn't heard yet uh -oh. that yes. has to do with leprechauns oh, I, yeah. and some evidence in Ireland that is fairly recent and some stories that are going to make your toes curl <laughs> because Either. I just went, Ooh, <laughs> I've got some pictures of stuff that I'm going to share and it'll be amazing. So I'm excited. I've always celebrated all things St. Patrick's Day. I love I love the holiday. I'm yeah. Irish and maybe a little Scottish. I don't know. My sister did one of those genealogy things and we're like, our relatives were Heinz 57s. They got around. They married okay. everybody. 
<laughs> I'm a little bit everything. I'm a mutt. So right. I know that I'm Irish and a little Scottish and some whatever other things from Europe. But yeah, yeah. lots mainly, of good stories there. Mainly Celtic, right? Yeah, yes. you know, that there's a, you know, the Welsh and the Irish and the Scots and the French and the, yes, there was a lot of, a lot of cross uh, thread in there, you know. Yeah, I have quite a bit of French as well and Italian. Yeah. We, we, well, a lot of my, a lot of my Scotch side comes from France. Uh, yeah. As well, uh, I was able to uh, do the uh, genealogy thing. Uh, what is it? Uh, you know, the leaf thing. Um, uh, yeah, family tree. Family is it ancestry.com that's or... it ancestry.com okay. thing and i was able to transfer uh to 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 find my relatives all the way back to Const, uh, uh charlemagne oh good oh, lord and, uh, nice. you know uh, templar knights and all that kind of stuff the first crusades uh you know um cool uh, yeah uh who's the guy uh william the conqueror uh yes. you know that came over from france and took yes. over england uh well my relative was his right hand man Oh, Excellent. interesting. His name yeah. was uh, Eustace. Um, right. And uh, so, yeah, that's... Cool. Uh, There's uh, a, another connection between you and I. My uh, One of my ancestors, there, an Alan, uh, actually came over um, with the Norman Conquest. I guess he was quite close to William, too. Nice. And, uh, so the, the, there's another connection. Yeah. Oh, boy. Have you ever heard of the, uh, of the Tapestry of Bayonne? You got it, yeah. Well, uh, my ancestor is actually on the tapestry of Bayonne. In fact, my ancestor is the one who commissioned it because he was trying to get his butt out of hot water for trying to <laughs> overthrow William. Yeah. So oh, he my. commissioned the uh, tapestry to be made to honor William so that he could keep his head. Uh, and he's actually on, uh, I think, panel number 55, where he's uh, riding his horse next to William, pointing at him, saying, see, he's still alive. He's still alive. Uh. That is amazing. Interesting. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, man. Uh, this has been awesome. And Holly, thank you. Yes. For, for yeah. uh, booking this. This is great. Yeah. It's Absolutely. Been so as a, a fledgling podcast, I have to ask everyone, please give us a like yeah. on Facebook or whatever uh, multimedia contacting that you do. We're on everything. And if we're not there yet, we're getting there. So yeah. stay with us, stay tuned, come back, tell your friends. And when you're brave, or even if you're not brave, <laughs> we'll tell your stories for you if you don't wanna, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. We just wanna share all things Pacific Northwest and beyond. We have we have connections in Africa and Canada and all over that we're gonna be sharing eventually. And we're very excited. This awesome. is very fun. Give us five stars, people. Five Please. stars. Anyway, we're here to uh, stay, and we're going to be doing some traveling this month too, which we're very excited about. And taking the show on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Jay, thank you so much, man. You're uh, quite welcome. Thank you. You got it. Uh, we we will get a hold of you again. There, Southern Oregon correspondent. Yes, you're hired. See that? Yeah. You didn't know you were getting a job interview, did you, Jay? No, I sure that? didn't. Yeah, well, you know, I'm retired, so every day Saturday except for Sunday. So it's well, there you go. Time, Excellent. So. All righty. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you. You got it. Yeah. All right, folks. That was Jay Cobb coming to you and talking about ghosts and possible Bigfoots and uh, what uh, light. You know, I, I don't even know how to classify it. So, Apparitions. Uh, 
Apparition. Thank you.